What is up, After Buzzers? I'm Kaylee, and we are talking Season 3, Episode 8 of Casual. It is called Venus. Stay tuned. We have a lot of big secrets that have been spilled. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Dancing by myself over here, so I am solo tonight, all by myself, and I'm going to be spouting my opinions on Casual Season 3, Episode 8, Venus. It was a great episode, great song by Fleetwood Mac, which I did not know was by Fleetwood Mac. Please do not attack me. I am not a huge rock knowledge person. Love it. Great music. So now I know. They have great stuff. Fleetwood Mac. Um, It was a great episode. Lots of secrets revealed. And we're going to start right in with the shocking revelation that was in the very beginning. Episode opens on Alex in a bed. It looks like a lazy Saturday or Sunday morning. And then is revealed next to him a naked chick. Who is it? Ray! Alex and Ray slept together. I mean, I was shocked. Were you guys shocked? We're over here on YouTube, and I'm going to have the live stream up and running, and I would love to hear your opinions on this and everything that we have going on. I I can't believe it. I don't know if you guys can. Um, I didn't expect Ray and Alex to sleep together, and I don't know that I like it. I don't. Um, Ray was pretty darn mean to Alex, you know? I understand that people make mistakes and they got drunk and they banged, but you don't have to be a jerk about it, you know? Um, it's okay to kind of blame yourself, but she was really rude. I mean, she said she uh, suggested that he cut his toenails, which maybe is helpful information. Let's give her a little credit here. If the guy was scratching her with his feet, it's helpful, but it's the way she said it. You know, there are nice ways to say things, and this was not one of them. So apparently Alex has very long talons for toenails, and that was gross, but I hope he cuts them. Um, It was pretty rude that she had to say things in that way. And she also said to herself in the third person, a fucking bro, Ray, like... I fucked a fucking bro and, you know, hitting herself over on the head about that. And I mean, he's a nice guy, you know, I just felt so terribly for him because never in the reveal of them sleeping together did he degrade her, but she degraded him all over the bedroom, which was terrible, but she didn't say it was bad. So I'm sure he was a good lay. Good for him, Alex. Um, And she also said that he was a good looking guy. She said something like, you've got fucking perfect nipples. And I looked, he does nice nipples. And she also said he looks like the villain from Legally Blonde, which also kind of true. So, you know, I'm sure that what she was saying was true, but she didn't have to be a bitch about it. And who knows if they are going to end up still staying roommates. I mean, I guess they can get past it. You know, they're both adults, but it's going to be awkward now that they've seen each other butt naked, Um, even though they don't remember it because apparently they drank a lot that night. But I mean, we've all done it. We all understand it, right? You've slept with someone you shouldn't have. Um, I won't get into the personal details, but you know, we all know. And if you want to give me those personal details of yours, not too graphic, if you wouldn't mind, over on the live uh, chat, I would love to see it and hear in a PG 
way if you could. Um, so I will be talking to you on there, and I would love to see you there. So can't believe they shocked together. Super, super shocking. Um, and it was a great way to open a great episode, as it always is. Thank you, Casual. So then Alex, in the aftermath of his rendezvous with Ray, um, we see snapshots of their crazy night together. And I noticed that he made her nachos. And apparently nachos are like an Alex thing, because I remember he would always make those for Emma. I'm a huge nachos fan, don't get me wrong, but like, why is he always making them for people that he is sleeping with? They're not a sexy food. They're like the least sexy food. So if anybody out there is dating or going to make a post-sex meal, I would not recommend nachos. Like, go back to the waffles. How about that, Alex? Maybe. Um, I love nachos, but nobody wants to see you eat nachos. They're not a pretty food. So that was interesting that he made those for Emma and Ray. Maybe he really liked her in the moment while he was super drunk. Probably not. So they might not be roommates anymore. Maybe we're saying goodbye to Ray. Maybe that's the last time we saw her. Bye, Ray. Great knowing you. Liked you as a character. Um, Then we cut to... Alex goes over to Laura and Val's. Laura and Val are having a very typical mother-daughter moment in the kitchen. You can tell that Val is trying to win Laura's love back in the most desperate way (laughs) I have ever seen. She's making Laura breakfast in bed, but she doesn't call it breakfast in bed. She calls it room service, a.k.a. I am going to be your servant. I am just groveling to win back your love. So... Val, there are better ways to win back someone's love. Maybe by being a mother. I don't know. I mean, it's nice that she was baking for her and trying, at least for once, instead of just kind of brushing her aside and going about her sex life. But, oh, Val, I mean, it's just, it's sad. Just try to be a mom. Just get there. And I'm sure lots of mothers and daughters have this situation. You know, the girl, the younger girl, the daughter feels like she has to push her mother away in order to assert her independence. My mom and I have had that as well. Mom, hi. Um, But, you know, I think Laura will come back eventually. She just needs to take this departure, as most daughters do. So super sad that Laura rejected Val's room service and made up a fight in order to get an invite over to Casey's house. She blatantly lied to Casey and said my mom and I had a huge blowout and then of course Casey being the nice welcoming woman that she is invited her over we'll talk more about that later Val oh girl okay so after making the room service and getting rejected Alex comes over Alex decides to breach the topic breach the topic whichever um about Val's shocking half-brother the other revelation that we'll talk about so they're finally dealing with it they're finally talking it he comes over to her house so at least he's trying to make up I guess in his own little way about how awkwardly and the fact that he kept it for so long um yeah I'm gonna give him some points for that And I love Alex. Alex is my favorite, which I was thinking earlier today maybe says something about myself because I have a very hard time forgiving Val's mistakes. I'm like, Laura, she's a kid. But I, yeah, I sympathize more with Alex. So I was like, well, maybe I'm more of an Alex in this trio. So again, at the live chat, if you want to tell me which of the trio you are, I'd love to hear who and why. Alex, he's 
trying to make up for the fact that he hid the secret brother. So, uh, you know, he comes over to Val's house, tries to talk about it. Super nice. But, you know, it wasn't his place to keep that information from her. And he kind of justifies that decision by saying that he thought that she might not want to know about the brother. But in making that decision for her, he did her a disservice because it's not his job to withhold that information. And I think that withholding is lying. And a lot of people I know have different opinions on this, but to me, withholding equals lying. So I don't think that it was Alex's right to keep this information from Val and to decide that she wouldn't want to know, you know? Um, I think it's not his job to decide that she wouldn't want to know. I mean, eventually it came out, but only because of Ray, our little sexual deviant of this episode's um, insistence. So if not for Ray, Alex might not have never even done it. That was an interesting phrase. Alex might never have even told Val, which at least he did. Thank goodness. But it brings up an interesting topic because... All right, I'm going to go back to high school on this one. There was a John Keats poem on a Grecian urn. I'm getting real scholarly here. Um, about it, it had the theme of whether or not truth was beauty in life and whether or not it's better to know everything about your life and have truth and your eyes opened all the time, even if that news is bad. You know, so... Alex obviously thought that the news was so bad that he shouldn't tell the truth, but some other people I know, myself included, and apparently Val, have the opinion that, you know, you should always be honest. And so keeping something from someone does not help them out. So it's interesting to think about. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And yeah, I definitely think that truth is beauty, and I'd rather not live in ignorance. And Val and I are one and the same. So maybe I finally found a similarity with Val, but probably not. Um, that's probably the only one because I'll get into why I'm mad at her later. Even more mad as usual because I'm always mad at Val. But always love Alex. Um, yeah, it'd be surprising if he disappointed me at this point. Hope not. <laughs> so then we have Alex going into the office on what seems like a weekend day. And it's funny to realize that because Alex hated work for so long. He never went into the office of, uh, what is it? Smooger? Schnooger? Sugar? Um, I don't have it in front of me in my notes, but snooker. No, I'm not. I'm going to stop trying because I just say funny words. <laughs> so Alex always avoided work. And now we see him avoiding his personal life and going into the office. And he runs into his hopefully soon to be love interest, Judy, who seems to also be there on a weekend with her precocious little son, Clark, who I think is seven and looks like he's 14. So... <laughs> Good job, child actor. Um, so Clark is making a lot of noise, and Alex comes in to see what all our racket is and finds Clark and Judy. And it's interesting to see the relationship between Alex and Clark because we find out that Clark isn't supposed to be at the office, but his dad, clearly Judy and the dad are either separated or divorced, has not picked Clark up. And it's funny to hear Clark's precocious little comments to Judy because he keeps saying, like, I've only known the man for nine years or seven years or however old he is, and I knew he'd disappoint me. <laughs> like, okay, Clark. Um, he, he gives his mom a real hard time, and he should be giving it to his dad. But 
the good thing about this whole thing is Alex kind of steps in as the father figure. And I really liked seeing the two of them together because we have seen Alex's difficulty with his father and heard about all the life difficulty with his father. So to see Alex step into this parental role, I mean, it was for a couple hours on one day of life, but it makes me think that it would be great if he and Judy got together, Clark became his son, and he could kind of you know, make up for his father's mistakes, learn from his father's mistakes, and be a great fatherly role to Clark. Because they really hit it off and had a lot of connection points. You know, they were talking about um, <laughs> Clark's paranoia in the world and Venus, which is where the episode title came from, and a lot of other things. And Alex talked to Clark like he was on the same level. He told him about Val's um, secret you know, father, not secret father, but yeah, secret father. Um, the father that Alex had been searching for all day at the office. So, I mean, he wasn't even working today. He was looking for information on Val's father. Clearly he did not need to be in there. It must have been a weekend day. So he tells Clark, just like Clark is a peer, which it's not surprising because they treat Laura like she's an adult for better and worse. So of course he's going to treat this seven to nine year old, whichever age it is. Um, like an adult. Not surprising. And kind of adorable, because it's Alex and he's adorable. Um, hey, Tommy Dewey. We're hopefully going to have him in soon. Um, and then I'm going to be super embarrassed that I've said all these things. You know. Um, so yeah, he gets on Clark's level, but raises Clark to his level to talk to him like an adult. And it's very cute to see their little banter, Alex and Clark, and to hopefully see what might happen. I'm going to make a prediction that Clark and Alex will get very close in the future, and maybe Judy and Alex will get even closer. That wasn't meant to be creepy. It was just meant to say that Alex will become the father role for Clark. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to put it out there. Hopefully it'll happen. I hope so, because I also really love Judy and Alex's banter. Um, Alex gives Clark a playlist of Fleetwood Mac and tells him that he has to get versed in this classic rock. And uh, Judy brings up, uh, what was it? I almost played this song instead, The Foreigners. And that might be botching the band name. Um, but Alex gives her crap for it. And they have a really nice banter, which I also really love about Val and Jack, which, you know, you learn something about yourself every episode of the show that you watch. Because I was also like, oh, I love banter. What does that say about me? And to my fiance, if you're watching, well, that says a lot about me and us. Um, I love the banter between these characters and their love interests. And that's why I love them. So speaking of Val and Jack, Last week in The Rat King, we found out that Jack is celibate and Val is not happy about it. <sighs> Val, I mean, she ruins everything in her life. I mean, she's the character that I'm the most disappointed in because someone will show her this great opportunity to connect with people and she will just push it away. And it's super frustrating to see someone make the same mistakes over and over again, you know? So as a viewer, we've been saying, you know, all season long, we just need her to have a win. And she keeps getting so close. And then, like I said, pushing it away. So Val and Jack, Val and Celibate Jack are having some celibate fun at LACMA. They are trying to be friends without the benefits. And it's not going so well. 
Um, I loved seeing the Val fantasies because I, I guess I was fantasizing about them too. I was believing that, oh my gosh, they just kissed. Ah, darn it. They got me again. Oh my gosh, I just, uh, okay, still not because I wanted it so badly. I wanted them to get back together. So you know what? Maybe I am a lot like Val. Maybe I needed there to be sex in their relationship to be happy. Isn't that interesting? But they're having some celibate fun at LACMA, not going so well. And she ends up telling him that it's best that they take time apart and wait until he can have sex again. I mean, Val, it's been one half of an episode since they got back together. You know, it was the end of last episode. Now, midway through this one, nope, we're broken up again. Uh, Seriously? Like, I had these characters back together for two minutes, basically. I had a couple kisses, which I liked and I appreciate, and I wanted more of, but... uh, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm just so disappointed in her every time. I even was, I was happy with them being friends, you know? At least we can have that much without having the full shebang. And she's not happy. I guess I'm going to take the other side here because I am alone in this room. Um, That I guess you could say, Val, it's a good thing because she is realizing what she wants, realizing that she's not getting what she wants, and kind of taking a stand in a way. It's good for people to be honest with themselves and with other people about what they want. But she's just such a bitch. I mean, (laughs) the guy is trying to be celibate. He had this terrible experience. If you were a true friend, you would see him through it. But clearly she's not. Until later, which I will get to. Just you wait. Okay. So Val ruins everything. But you know what? Maybe she was fantasizing about Jack because she was feeling really sexual that day because she was wearing me undies underwear. And I would understand that feeling because me undies underwear are incredible. They're the softest, most comfortable underwear you will ever wear. So it would explain why Val was wanting to show them off. They are super cute too because every month they have a new pattern that they release, limited edition. And this month it's called Celebrate. They're super cute. I'm wearing them right now. Maybe that's an overshare. Maybe Val was too. And they make you feel so happy because in order to be confident, like Miss little sexual vowel, you need to start at the bottom layers, your heart, you know, other things, but also with your underwear. So I love me undies underwear. They're super comfortable. Seriously, if you are used to like the boring brown, white, black, those kind of colors, you need to step it up and you're going to love these. Celebrate all the bright colors, the limited edition once a month pattern. It's incredible. And... Here's this little tidbit. If you try Me Undies today and you go to their website, meundies.com slash buzz, you will get 20% off your first pair. 20%. You have to feel for yourself why Me Undies has sold out over 5 million pairs to date. Seriously. And get this. If you don't love your first pair of Me Undies, they're free. Free. I mean, that's zero dollars. You lose nothing for trying them, which is incredible. And that's how confident they are about their product. So... 20% off your first pair, plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash buzz right now. Go there. I'm going to go there on my computer. MeUndies.com slash buzz. So if that's what made Val so frisky, maybe I understand. Maybe that's what made Laura so frisky. Because Laura ended up at Casey's house. Big shock. (laughs) She lied about her fight with her mom. Never happened. It was the furthest thing from a fight. Val was trying very hard to win back Laura's affection. And she weasels her way 
into Casey's house. And of course, Casey's a very welcoming woman. She invites her in. So we see this commune that Casey lives in, and we find out that Casey is not just dating a girl. She's married to this girl, and she neglected to tell Laura. Interesting. Very interesting. And Laura notices that too and wonders why. Casey omitted that information. See, the whole theme of the episode is lying by omission. I should have put that in the beginning. That's my new title. Um, So we meet Selena, who is Casey's wife. And we learn a lot about Casey in this episode by seeing her home and meeting the people that she lives with. One fun fact of which is that she likes to live, operate, sleep on a pillow of intern vagina. (laughs) Thank you for that visual, writers. Great. Um, Makes a very clear point that all of our suspicions about Casey's relationship with Laura were not unfounded. They were completely founded. And we weren't wrong. So that's interesting. Nothing happened in this episode, you know, blatantly. But we saw Casey, uh, her mistaken wife come to light, which was interesting meeting her. And Selena, she had some crazy eyes for, or rather, what's it called? Like side eye for Laura, which is interesting because Laura is like 16 years old and Casey and Selena are clearly not 16 years old. So the fact that Selena could be so threatened by Laura was interesting, but it's not unfounded because we see that Casey might have some kind of feelings for Laura. Something's definitely brewing. It's going to hit the fan soon. And Laura is obviously obsessed with Casey. And um, <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, so maybe Laura will be that pillow of intern vagina. We don't know. We will see. But um, I think it was interesting when Selena, Casey's wife, sits Laura down and has kind of a come-to moment And what she says is really poetic about Casey. She says, she makes you come in ways that you never thought possible. She performs Reiki that cures your migraines. She cries mid-story, and you think you're the only one who's ever seen her tears. And then, like the sun, she sets on you and shines on someone else. It's just what she does. This was beautiful writing. Some of the most beautiful writing I think has been in the whole three seasons. I'm going to say it right now. It's a bold thing to say, but I'm saying it. But, I mean, it's very interesting, and it brings this character into such light. Like the sun, she sets on you and shines on someone else. Because we do see that she motivates people. She's obviously a really good person. I actually know the actress in real life, and I she is a wonderful person. And it was interesting seeing that she was cast for this role because she's very involved in community outreach and stuff like that. I might be misquoting it. But to me, she's such a do-gooder type of person in the most pure, wonderful way. Hey, Nadine. Um, and we're hopefully going to have her in later in the season. But it's interesting that she plays this type of character. Only the good things are similar. I know. Um, But it's interesting that they talk about her in this way because it's almost like Laura can't help but fall into her orbit, if you will, if Casey is the son. So it's interesting to see that she affects other people in that way. And it made me think, well, I'll get to that later. So then uh, at the very end of the episode, we see Casey and Laura again. And Laura is watching Casey across the room, obviously just fascinated and enamored by her. 
And later, Laura falls asleep. Casey covers her with a blanket and looks at her fondly, we'll say. So that raised some questions about the pillow of intern vagina. I'm just going to use the phrase as much as I can because it is so good. (laughs) So good. So graphic. So apparently right on point. But it's interesting because Casey, we have seen protect Laura from that guy Harvard. I can't remember his real first name. And now she might be quote unquote preying on Laura. Not that Laura would be totally innocent, but if Casey is constantly going for these young girls and she warded Harvard off of Laura, she's being a hypocrite, you know? So what we thought was once, oh, Casey's protecting Laura, it's actually Casey's a huge hypocrite and she just wanted Laura for herself. But, you know, nothing's happened yet. It just, it's brewing. Another prediction. I'm making it. It's happening. Something's going down. So then we cut back to Alex and Val. They get back together again. Alex is trying again. He comes to Val's house house again because all day long while he was at the office with Precocious Clark and Judy, he wasn't working. He was trying to find Val's dad and any information that he could. And we saw so many people scroll by. I mean, he did a lot of work. He is trying so hard. And my heart went out to him. Val does not even invite him into the house. She, it's horrible. Alex comes with a piece of paper and says, I found information about your dad. He died in a car accident, not in some weird genetic thing. So good news, bad news. Very smart way of presenting news. And bah, 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 he found her half-brother. And he's in Fresno. Fresno, California, super close to L.A. And it's this big reveal And Val is not too happy about it. (laughs) She says, I don't want that. Why would you think that I want that? This is my thing, mine. And you can't just fucking insert yourself. Okay, Val. It's true. I'm going to agree with her here. But Alex was trying, you know? I don't know why my heart always goes out to him so much, but it does. Um, he, He was sticking his, you know, researching nose into somewhere where it didn't belong. He is not the one to make that decision for her. And she wasn't sure if she wanted that information. So, you know what? Actually, as I say that, I realize I'm contradicting my whole withholding thing. But, I mean, once he had the information, he should have given it. But maybe he shouldn't have looked for her birth father or information about it in the first place. And then he wouldn't have found himself in the position of withholding or truth bombing, we'll call it. But he did. And he did. So... Val's not happy. She slams the door in his face. Whether it's merited or not, you know, emotions are running high. Alex is trying, man. He's just trying to get back with his best bud, his sister. And Val is not seeing it. Well, okay. We've all made mistakes. I think everyone's making some mistakes in this episode. And they're dealing with the aftermath. This whole episode was Alex trying to make up for his mistakes with Val. Doesn't go so well. Then later we see that Val is sitting on her bed with the piece of paper with the information about presumably her, both her dead father and her live brother. And she texts Jack and it says, my brother lives in Fresno. And last time we saw her with Jack, they were essentially friend breaking up. And yet... Jack, being the Jack that he is, all is forgiven, and he says, it's about time I meet the rest of your family. I mean, of course I love this character. How could you not? 
He is the best. So forgiving. She treats him like junk, and yet he still comes back. But he still has a backbone. There's something about him that he still has a strength to him. Um, I can't put it into words, but I believe it. And I fall more in love with this Jack every episode. So he, it seems like, is going to help Val go find her brother. Very exciting. It's interesting, too, that Val is leaning on Jack in these moments and pushing Alex away, which was maybe necessary because they were super codependent and she needs relationships outside of her family. She needs friends. She needs a relationship. So maybe it's a good thing. It's sad not to see the brother and sister together, though. But as this show tends to go, I'm sure they will get back together because they may drift apart, but they always come back together. Super sweet. So then we see Alex in his sad post-Val apocalypse bringing takeout to Judy. I freaking love this guy. (laughs) And I love Judy and I love their banter. And so they have a little music banter back and forth and fade out on them enjoying their takeout. That's not exactly what happened, but that's how my mind plays it. That's the last we saw of them. They were going to enjoy takeout together. Super cute. Love it so much. Love every bit of it. And Val, after texting Jack, we see her uncertainly looking at the piece of paper with all the info, info on it. So the text from Jack, I think, comfort her a little bit, you know, but she's still grappling with the decision of what to do, it seems like. And it makes sense. It's a really difficult decision. And she has had a lot of truth bombs in her life lately. So would she rather go back to the ignorance place? Is she happy that she's in the truth place? Again, my eternal question. We won't know until we know. I think she's going to forge forward and meet the brother. Because, come on, they can't drop a truth bomb like that and not pursue it. At least... At some point, they will. Maybe it'll take her a while, but they're moving pretty fast this season. Um, That's why we lost Jack in the relationship for half an episode, and then he immediately came back, you know? So I am going to predict that we meet Val's half-brother next episode. And the question is, will he be a lot like Val and Alex? Will he be totally different? And I'm thinking, I don't know, it would probably be very interesting to see him be very similar to Alex. Like, if they could find a, an actor whose mannerisms were similar and stuff, and then it became this issue for them. But it would also be very interesting to see someone who's extremely dissimilar to Val and Alex, and maybe they won't have a relationship. Maybe they'll have a super close relationship. So it will definitely be interesting, interesting to see. But I hope that Jack comes along for the ride. And we didn't see Leah and Leah in this um, episode at all, which was a super bummer because last week we got the bombshell confirmation that they are, in fact, in love and dating. And then we got nothing of them this episode. But it was pretty chock full of stuff. So I understand that they had to take a break from those characters. And we will see more next week because I love them. And it was great to work with or see and interview Julie Berman last week. She was incredible. So that's the episode. I'm going to hop on over here to the live feed, you guys, and see what is up. Um, Yeah, thanks for tuning in. And if you have any comments, please put them up here. I can't get it loaded yet. I sincerely apologize. Well, 
you know what? I will just have to message you all individually later. Um, next week, we will be talking episode nine. And oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Next week is the 4th of July. So we will be off next week enjoying our American independence. And I hope you guys have a wonderful 4th as well. My name is Kaylee Rose. You can catch me on social media at Kaylee Rose and catch my animated series Between Busts at Between Busts. Thanks for watching, After Buzzers. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 